everyone. Thank you very much. That's very great. That's super. Thank you. Okay. So, thy kingdom come. That's what we're looking at today. And I found this great strap line. God's people in God's place under God's rule. Just have a think about that for a minute. God's people in God's place under God's rule. Can we have the next slide, please? Because I want to get us... Um, actually, could you all stand up? Because I'd like us all to say this out loud. Thank you very much. Okay, so these are the words of Jesus. It's from Matthew 6. I've taken a little bit out just to kind of make it fit the slide well. And to... Anyway, let's read it together. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Last year... Um, in fact, September 2017, I started a new phase in my work. Um, I'm a secondary school teacher, part-time. And I was moved from the music department to the RE department. And I thought, yeah, this is great. I'm going to love this. And, um, yeah, I think I was wrong. What happened was I was given a class that were probably the most challenging class in the school. And they were being required, for reasons I won't go into, because we don't do politics, um, they were required to do um, GCSE RE. Now, this bunch of year 10s were just pretty anti. I'd taught them music before, and they'd loved me and it, and I'd loved them and it, and it was all good. And they walked into my classroom, and it was like, really? Is this really going to happen? That was them, not me. And before about a week was out, I was thinking, really? Is this going to happen? <laughs> It's not going to happen. I got to the point where um, poor Rich, I'd come home and I'd say, oh, honestly, I just do not know. Or I'd go, oh, it was brilliant today. And that was the day that I hadn't taught that particular class. So you get the feeling. It was, it was a tough time. And I actually began to think, no, this is, this is something deeper going on here. This is because I'm teaching RE. And we're teaching more than just Christianity. We're teaching different um, religions. But um, we were just teaching Christianity at that point in the term. And I just felt as though this is, there's something bigger going on here. There's something deeper. And I was helped particularly by one of my friends after a few weeks. Um, and I was sharing with her how difficult it was. And she said, do you know what? She said, I was a really, really good girl at school. And I went, yeah, of course you were. And she said, no, I was, apart from in RE. And I went, why? She said, because I was so angry with God for stuff that had happened in my life that I, the only person I knew that I could remotely connect, had anything to do with God, was my RE teacher, and I really took it out on him. And I just thought, whoa. So then I thought, now I can't just say, okay, that's just bad, that's, that's tough, Sarah, suck it up, just carry on teaching. I thought, yes, by all means, keep teaching, but you've got to do something about this. You've got to, if there's a spiritual element to this, which I was already beginning to sense, then seriously, I have got to... I've got to get down on my knees and do something about this. 
So I started to pray, God, help me, first of all. God, just help me. Break in. And I found myself praying, thy kingdom come, as well as give me wisdom and understanding and actually help me to see how I can connect with these kids in a way that maybe I haven't before. So where we're going with this now is we're going to ask three questions. When we pray, thy kingdom come, we've got three different questions that we would ask. What are we actually asking? What are we actually asking when we say, thy kingdom come, when we pray that, when we get on our knees and we say, your kingdom come, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What what are we actually praying? Secondly, we're going to look at How do we pray for it? What does it actually look like, that sort of a prayer? And then thirdly, we're going to say, well, what what will be the result of that? What next? Where will our prayers send us? What does it actually look like? This is what I've just gleaned talking to different people. um, When when we pray, thy kingdom come, these are the sorts of things we would have. Um, Slide four if we're not there. The Father's will is done here as in heaven. So we're just saying, thy kingdom come. And Jesus, I think, when he says thy kingdom come, he's not saying thy kingdom come full stop. It's kind of, there's a comma or a a semicolon, if you're into punctuation. He's basically saying that, you know, the next clause makes you understand what the first one means. Okay, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Okay, the two are interconnected, all right? There's no full stop there, okay? So you've got two ideas, but they are very closely related. One explains the other. So that means that when we're praying, thy kingdom come, we're actually saying, your will, God, yeah, we know it's done in heaven because heaven is a place of absolute perfection. God is in control. God rules. Love rules. It's all good. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that is bad. So we're looking at thy kingdom come. We're saying... Your, your will be done. Like, like heaven? Really? Okay, so that's what we're praying. Another person said, this is the right thing or the right king in the right place at the right time. Very similar to our first strap line. It's a place of unspeakable joy, life, hope and peace. And sometimes don't we get a glimpse of that in our worship? When we're worshipping together as a community, we just say, wow. But you know what? I've actually had that sense as well. When I'm driving to work... And I'm worshipping, knowing that I'm going to face a battle once I get there. I've had exactly the same sense. And I'm on my own in my car, but I'm not because the Holy Spirit is there alongside me. And he's quickening something within me to say, actually, girl, you got this because I'm right there with you. And whatever happens today, we're going to handle it together. And your gra- my grace and my peace and my love and my joy is going to flow through you to those kids and to some of the staff as well, we hope. It's a miraculous place. It's a place where miracles happen. It's a place where sometimes I can say, and this happened a couple of weeks ago, I was having a kind of meaningful moment with my year sevens, which we often do at the end, at their request. Um, one of the girls said, Miss, can we do that meaningful moment thing you do? And I said, what do you mean? And, you know, sometimes you just kind of talk for a couple of minutes and we just kind of sit and listen and we just feel better afterwards. It's kind of like a meaningful moment. And I went... Yeah, okay, we'll do that. And she's actually written a little note on the bottom of the board. When you see this class, have a MM, meaningful moment. So I'm like, okay, right, we'll go for a meaningful moment. And one boy put his hand up and he said, I've been wondering, miss, you talked about everybody having a role in, 
in their life, that a purpose in their life, and that everyone's put on the planet for a reason. What if your parents have told you that you're a mistake? And I was like, okay, Lord, just help me now. And I said, you know what? Parents sometimes say things that aren't really very helpful to us. Because obviously you have to be careful what you say. Because you want to think, right, they're going to go home. They might repeat exactly every word that I've said. So I said, sometimes parents don't say the most helpful things. I said, but do you know what? I believe that every single person on the planet is put here. And they have a purpose. And they are unique. And whoever that person is, whoever that might be. Because obviously he was talking about himself. I said, I believe that we are put here for a reason and that God designed us for a specific purpose. And as I was speaking, just those few words, um, he just his face went from being quite grumpy to being just light and, and, and bright and happy. And I just thought, yeah, I think I've just prophesied something to you, but I'm not quite sure that's how I thought the lesson was going to go. Have tiny, meaningful moments like that. It's a miraculous place. The kingdom of God is past, present, and future. It's the, there's the now and the not yet. It's the uncomfortable, but it's glorious. And that's how I would describe my life teaching RE since September 2017. Uncomfortable, but glorious. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm right on the edge of so much stuff, but it's God's people in God's place under God's rule. So the kingdom in the gospel. So the kingdom came with Christ, and he said this, in order to access the kingdom, you have to come like a child, Matthew 18. He also said the rich and the religious struggled to get it. So when I'm asked, are you religious, miss? I kind of go, well, not really. But I thought you said you believed in God. Yeah, but that doesn't actually make me religious. We talk about it. The simple understand it. The simple understand it. Okay, because it's actually so deep and so vast, and yet it's so simple. Jesus loves us. He wants a relationship with us. The kingdom is among you. That's what Jesus said. He said that to the people that were asking him questions. The kingdom's among you. You can see the miracles I've done. You can see the words that I have bring life. That is the kingdom. And in the kingdom, the first shall be last. In other words, no normal rules apply. That's good, isn't it? So if you feel like sometimes you're last, then maybe that's a good thing, because actually you'll rock up as first. But in my experience, when you get used to being last, actually you just kind of go, okay, Lord, whatever. You're my Lord. That's fine. That's good. Just whatever, wherever. You were last. You were put on the cross. You bore the most horrific death for me. Slide six, the kingdom in the epistles. It's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy. I did miss out the first bit of that verse, which again, sorry, talks about not being a matter of food and drink, which is a bit of a shame, really, because I'm a great lover of both. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter of talk, but power. It's a kingdom of light. People suffer for it, okay? It's glorious, but it's uncomfortable. It cannot be shaken. We're getting a rich welcome. It's eternal. We are priests who serve in that kingdom. And it's a place where Jesus reigns supreme. So when we're saying thy kingdom come, we're basically saying, Jesus, we want you to be Lord. And that is the challenge, isn't it? Because we want to know 
that God's answering our prayer. And yet very often we are the answer to our own prayer because we need to get down on our knees and say, your kingdom come. That actually means your will be done, which means that my will is not being done. Urgh. And that's actually quite challenging for us, particularly in the West. We like to have our lives neatly sewn up and everything kind of organised and together and, you know, we're in charge and we've got everything sorted out. But actually, thy kingdom come is a prayer of abandonment, a prayer of surrender, a prayer of absolute submission to the Father's will. And of course, we've got the greatest example in Jesus who prayed that, not my will, but thine be done. So I continued to pray. But rather than finding a change in the classroom situation, I found that God had given me this moment to be faithful, to surrender, to work with a heart full of surrender. And what I used to do, and still do sometimes now, and obviously music's moved on, but I was, I was listening to a song called So Will I, which I think we've done a couple of times here. And the message of that song still breaks me. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. If you gave your life to love them, so will I. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And having a very clear sense of God sending me into that context and into that situation. And then I got these occasional moments where the girl that had been the most appallingly behaved, I mean appallingly behaved, and I won't even tell you what happened because you'll sit there and think about that for 10 minutes instead of listening. <laughs> we were studying the Apostles' Creed. Great. And I thought, well, okay, in the last five minutes of the lesson, we'll put on Hillsong's This I Believe. So I found a really good version of it. It had the words underneath, and um, that was great. We watched that, and the whole class was absolutely silent. I said, look, this is how some, some Christians just say the creed, but other Christians, they like to sing it. And this is one group that, you know, this is how they do it. Just put it on, last five minutes of the lesson. And then... This girl came up to me, I still can't believe it, and she said, Miss, she said, is that by Hillsong? And I said, yeah. She said, oh, yeah. She said, they, they sing oceans, don't they? And I'm like, yes, they do. I mean, that's what I'm doing inside my, I, I'm going, yes, they do. But inside, I'm going, <laughs> like that. What the heck? Really? Seriously? So, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do sing oceans. How do you know that? Oh, I was just kind of messing around on YouTube and it came up and, and I just listened to it and I just thought, what a great song. And I thought, and you're the one that's done. <laughs> but, you know, that was inwardly. And I'm just like going, and inwardly also, I'm breaking in half before God. I'm going, God, you're doing something. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So how do we pray? I can't give you a formula. I can't. I'm sorry. I think it helps to know scripture because you can pray scripture into things. So get your word open. And it is wonderful to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we know that the Spirit intercedes with us and for us. And sometimes we do have groanings that cannot be uttered. It's, it's deep here somewhere. We're going, ah. Oh. And if we're not feeling the pain of that, then we need to ask God to give us the pain of that because it is uncomfortable, but it is glorious. It really is. But we start from a place of surrender. 
that is our starting point. Surrender precedes revival. Sometimes our situation is such that we are driven to our knees in desperation, whether it is a, a, a bad health report, whether it is breakdown of family, whether it is work issues and challenges, whatever it is. Sometimes God allows us to go through that, as Anne-Marie was saying earlier, because it drives us to our knees. It makes us remember that we are fully reliant on him. And sometimes we feel like we're being crushed by the circumstances. That's one of my other um, songs at the moment. I've been listening to the new wine song. You are, you are, breaking, you are making new wine. You're, you're pulling something beautiful out of this crushing that I feel. But he wants us to get to the place where we surrender it all. And that means getting out of the car, in the car park at school, and having the words in my head, if you gave your life to love them, so will I. That's what it means. In January 2018, so I'd been teaching this Motley crew for just over a term, I wrote this in my journal. I must have been pretty desperate. Okay, so bear with this. I found this last night. I just felt the spirit prompt me to just look and see what I'd been writing at the time. And I opened this big book that I'd been writing in and it fell open on that page, which I haven't read since I wrote it. So I thought, okay, I think I'm meant to share this with you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. I pray for, and here I name my whole class. I write all their names down some of whom are making my teaching life an absolute heartbreaking, soul-crushing, gut-wrenching misery. <laughs> I keep kneeling because I don't know what else to do, because these kids are lost, because they are unruly, unmanageable, unloved, because I'm a fighter, because Jesus never turned back or away because of my call, because I'm running out of time, because I might be the only one who ever does. Because my test will become my testimony, my mess, my message, my complaint is now my cause. Because although I'm out of control, I know the one who holds the universe in place. Because although I'm weak, he is strong in me. Because although I'm on my own in there, I am never alone. Because apart from him, I can do nothing. I'm as helpless and hopeless as the next man. Because I've found something, someone worth dying for, who thinks that they're worth dying for too. Because I believe in the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. Because one day I will hear, well done. And this, this has turned the page. And this is what I believe. The spirit is at work already. I'm just joining in. May I never be a hindrance. May someone take my place, grab this baton. May this story go far and wide. May they turn their lives, homes, communities around. Become nation changers. May your love break their hearts, fix their minds, empower their souls. May I play a small part in this great work, Lord. Your will be done. Your kingdom come here in room 123 as in heaven. And that was my prayer. In praying this from a place of surrender... We're praying the lordship of Christ into our own lives and in every situation we're in. We're praying thy kingdom come. We're praying that we become the living embodiment of the message. We become the living embodiment of the message. So our kingdom prayers frequently find us on our knees. For this reason, I kneel. The posture is one of surrender, the posture of our hearts. We might not physically be able to kneel, but our hearts can be kneeling. Pause and listen. Pray the process. Pause and listen. Hear what God's saying. 
And in the moment when somebody says, what if you've been told that you were a mistake? You've got an answer. Pray scripture. Pray for insight, knowledge and wisdom. Our prayers, our kingdom prayers may take us to an... In fact, I've got to tell you, I'm fairly sure they will. In fact, I'm sure they will. Let's just put it out there. Kingdom prayers will take you to an uncomfortable place. But it's ultimately glorious. If the wind goes where you send it, so will I. Okay, just get blown by the wind wherever. Ask for spiritual development and fruit. Think of Paul's prayers. They're all about the process and not the product. If you study the prayers of Paul in the epistles, he is asking God to enable the Christian church to be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus, to be faithful in the trials they're in. He doesn't pray that they're zapped out of the difficulties they're in. And the only time that he prays for himself to be zapped out of the difficulty, the thorn in his flesh, God says, no, my grace is sufficient. Okay? So we, we have to be aware that sometimes the answer to our prayers is actually just, no, just keep close to me and I'll give you strength. Just keep close. Keep going. You'll be fine. Our prayers are mission-shaped. So we're shaping ourselves around mission. We're not asking for, you know, the next latest whatever. You know, shopping list prayers are way back. We just don't do that anymore, do we? Our kingdom prayers have a lasting impact on the kingdom of God. The goodness of God is shared and people find faith. So where do we go next? We start with surrender. Now then, I think I might please some of the hymn lovers among us here. This is one of the hymns I remember singing when I was a teenager. And we always used to sing it at like a convention or, you know, some um, special meeting. That's what they are, young people. A convention is a special meeting at a special time. <laughs> or a bunch of meetings at the Easter convention. Sometimes you've got two preachers in, in one in one service so I don't know what I think about that now okay okay Lord take my life and make it wholly thine fill my poor heart with thy great love divine take all my will my passion self and pride I now surrender Lord in me abide doesn't finish there though oh holy ghost revival comes from thee send a revival start the work in me wow it's more surrender isn't it so what do we do we live the message there's a quote coming now which can we look at the next slide please i don't know why that's got a can, yeah, anyway, so this is talking about 1 Corinthians 15 verse. Can you click? Because I think I didn't take off the animation on that one. So this is 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. Oh, it's gone, has it? It's not there. Okay. So it talks about always giving yourself to the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Okay, be steadfast and immovable. And this is what N.T. Wright reckons this means. By this he means that what you do in the present, painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbour as yourself, will last into the future. These activities are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. Thank you. So that's how we live the message. Don't think that just because somebody stands up here, they're living the message more than somebody else. Okay, every single one of us is called to be a minister and a priest. Okay, 
dispensing God's grace, dispensing God's goodness, loving people where they are, where we are. So, where next? We start with surrender. We go, we reach out and tell people. Something I read recently I found quite helpful, and I realised that I, I probably do this... I, I think I'm a slightly empathetic person, so I do kind of... If somebody tells me something they're going through, I kind of think, I think I understand what you're saying. So recently somebody at work was sharing how they were... Um, this is one of the um, colleagues was showing that they just worry about their children all the time, even though the children are grown up and living independent lives quite happily away from home. And she's just really worried about them all the time. And this thing of that I do, that I read was a thing, feel, felt, found. I realised that I, I kind of do that anyway, but it's, it's kind of a, a quite a tip for when you're talking to people. If they share something with you, I, yeah, I understand how you feel. I do, I actually understand that. And I do. I've got three sons who are at university and they're all away in different places. And, you know, you do. You kind of think, oh, you know, did he get back home safe last night? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I can't do anything about that now. I'll go to sleep and everything will be fine. Trust the Lord. But, yeah, I do feel that. I felt the same. Okay, I felt the same. But this is what I found. And what I said to this lady was... Um, do you know what I've found? I said, you know, because you, you know that I have a faith. And I kind of say it in a sort of very gentle, un, you know, full-on way, just very gentle. Um, I said, you know, because I've got a faith. I said, I've I found what really helps is to know that God is everywhere and to know that he is, he's able to look out for them when I can't. She went, do you really? And I said, yeah. I said, I absolutely believe that. So when I pray, that's what I pray. That's how I pray. I, I, I ask God to, you know, to remember Joth and Sim and Rue and, and just, to, just to look out for them. She went, do you know I might give that a go myself? <laughs> and I went, yeah, give it a try. And then we just carried on talking about how bad the coffee was in the staff room and, you know, whatever, usual stuff. But it's those little moments, feel, felt, found. So we go. We tell people, we're ministers, every one of us. We grow. Cultivate your faith, your knowledge, and your love of Christ. Remember that apart from him, we can do nothing. Give. Use your skills, whatever is in your hand, to influence the world for good. Use what he's given us. As individuals, we provide glimpses of the kingdom. A glimpse of the kingdom in the way that we influence, in the way that we influence society. One life, one encounter at a time. If we can have in our heads, um, Alan Scott, who was the pastor at the church where our middle son did a, um, a gap year in Northern Ireland, Causeway Coast Vineyard, he has um, he's written loads of good stuff. But one of the things he said, and he keeps it very simple, every day, everyone, everywhere. It's just so simple, isn't it? we just got to keep our eyes out. Every day, everyone, everywhere. So the other thing is, is expect people to break, expect God to break in, in unexpected ways. And here I will finish with my final journal entry. Fast forward five months from the January uh, entry to a hot Thursday in June. My journal simply says this. The day everything changed, unprecedented I have no script or direction other than to go where the wind takes me. Oh my goodness. Lord, your kingdom came. 
And then because I was so exhausted by what had happened that day, I just say, read the emails that you've sent to your family <laughs> to find out more. So I popped to my emails and this is what I wrote. This morning, I'm getting ready to teach my class and they burst through the door. A few of them came up to tell me about a spiritual experience they'd had the previous evening. Basically, some people from the local church had been sharing their faith with the kids at the park. There had been words of knowledge, genuine healings, teens kneeling down and praying for God to clear my sins. This from one of the most challenging lads we have. So three of them asked if they could talk to the class about what had happened and find out from me as their teacher what I thought about it all. I think they wanted to check that it was all okay. What an honour. And of course, first of all, I was thinking, well, what is going on here? First of all, we've had a spiritual experience. So I was like, oh no, what's happened? And then this guy's been talking to us at the park. I'm like, oh no, safeguarding hat, you know, it's all going. And then suddenly I just began to think, whoa, no, 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 no. This is, this is, whoa, this is unbelievable. Three of them asked if they could talk to the class. Time here can't allow me to tell the absolutely incredible nature of these encounters they shared. Suffice it to say that one lad said, I felt the Holy Spirit go through me like a bolt. I'm telling you, to the class, that this Jesus and God stuff is real. As his friend said, I can't believe that yesterday he was hating this lesson, saying what a waste of time it was, and now he completely believes it. That's what happens when the kingdom breaks in. Another previously sceptical lad said, Miss, I think we'll all start to work a lot harder now we know this stuff is actually true. Wow. I spent 10 minutes at the end of the lesson explaining the theology slash Christian beliefs and practices, because that's what they've been doing, Christian beliefs and practices, behind what they shared. From Jesus with the woman at the well, having those words of knowledge right through to the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. I really wished at the time, I thought, I want to just click record on my phone and just get all this going. But, you know, I just felt as though God saying, no, this is just a little space for you in this class. I've given you this. I've given you this. I've given you this. It's an answer to your prayer and your faithfulness. You cannot capture it. It's a moment in time. The kingdom has come. Fabulous. I've just this minute heard from the youth worker that tonight, so that's the second night, there have been about 60 kids down at the park. Many of them gave their lives to Jesus and the Holy Spirit was working powerfully. I'm shivering as I write this because this is such an incredible answer to prayer. Over and above all, we have asked or imagined, Lord, what next? Help us to steward what you're doing with wisdom and grace. And my final thing was, the hashtag Jesus is real is trending in school. Hashtag Jesus is real. It's fabulous. The kingdom is here among us, but we have got to take it where we go. We need to understand who we are. We are kingdom people. We are priests and ministers before our God. And he's given us, he's given us such an incredible mission to go, to go, to love, to share, not to be weird. I mean, if you're naturally weird, by all means, carry on being weird. But if you're not, then don't be weird. The kingdom is here among us. Let's understand who we are, what we carry, and get out there and see his kingdom come. Amen.